The following content has been provided by RWTH Aachen University. Okay, um, let's have a look into the architecture of Android, um, the so-called Android stack, before we then go over into development, which is a little bit different from um, how you do it on, um, on iOS. So at the bottom here, we have the Linux kernel. Um, well, that's uh, pretty much clear. It's, it's basically for security, memory management, process management, networking, um, and drivers. And in between, between like the top, uh, we have this HAL, the hardware um, abstraction layer. And it's something like similar to the graphics and event library, basically, because um, we deal with um, a lot like um, graphics, for example, and input sensors and stuff like this. So it's basically between um, the user and um, the low level and the hardware, basically, that's attached to your device. Um, well, there should be an effect here, yeah. So next we have the um, Android runtime. And um, in the Android runtime, basically, um, that is responsible for um, running our applications in the Dalvik uh, virtual machine. And every application runs on a separate instance of the Dalvik um, virtual machine. Um, then we have native libraries. Um, which is basically, um, they are exposed to developers through the application framework. Uh, so these are basically some of the um, libraries that developers probably make use of, but which is not like, um, or has nothing to do, or not a lot to do with um, the user interface, basically. So um, for example, we have 3D libraries uh, based on OpenGL. We have a free type which is uh, used for bitmap and, and vector font rendering. Um, and the surface manager that manages access to the display subsystem and composites 2D and 3D graphic layers from multiple applications. So, uh, and then moving on top, <clears throat> we go to the, um, to the Android framework. That's basically what is accessible the most uh, to um, the developers and also includes um, a lot of um, the UI stuff, basically. And on top, then, we have our um, applications, of course. So we have applications that come pre-installed with a device um, that you, and that can provide services that you want to make use of, which is what we will see um, later on. But basically, as you can see, it's a similar architecture like to the one that we know from our Windows system architecture. Yeah? So we have hardware, we have an abstraction layer for graphics and, and, and input, um, and then we have basically here on top our, um, our widget toolkit, and in between, uh, yeah, we have something more generic, more basic um, to deal with. So let's move on to the application fundamentals, uh, and that's what is a little bit different from what you might know from iOS. So, the difference is that Android applications, they don't have a single entry point. Yeah. On iOS, I tap on an application and I have a certain starting point and my application is basically closed unless there are extensions, um, but that is basically one starting point. And Android applications are basically consisting of different view controllers um, and you can access these view controllers individually, basically. 
And these view controllers are called activities, actually. So Android supports uh, or consists um, of, three, of, of um, four components here. Intent, activities, services, and content providers. And um, we will talk about them now in, in a little more detail. So an intent is basically a messaging object, uh, object to request an action from another app component. And one example could be you're writing a chat application and you want to send over a photo to somebody else. Then you don't have to reinvent the wheel and come up with a UI for accessing the camera and taking a camera picture. You will just request the camera service from the camera application. Uh, so your intent is basically um, to, um, take, um, to take a photo in your, um, in your uh, messaging application. Um, so an intent is the entry point for building a navigation stack that is then put on top of your current state of your application. So uh, you have your, your text view, then basically comes up the camera view, and as soon as you're done with the camera taking a picture, you basically go back to the previous um, um, part in your stack uh, where you left off before you actually called this intent here. So, um, an intent is used actually to start an activity, and here's one example. Um, yeah, it's probably hard to read, but it's really not that important actually. So, um, and that's even taken from a, from a project um, that's called like there's an application that has so-called slip activity, whatever that is. So what you can do is you can create a new intent, um, and you basically specify what kind of um, of action you are interested in, like from a different application. So in this case, it's called the slip activity class. Then you can send over some extra parameters that you need to communicate or to bring over to that view controller or to that action. And then you can start the activity based on that intent. So let's say we have um, our application here on the left-hand side. That is our messaging application. And our intent is to take a picture using the services provided by the camera application. So then the Android system basically uh, searches all apps for a so-called intent filter that matches the intent. Uh, so it basically looks for all applications that provide a camera service. And well, typically there should be just one. Uh, in this case, it looks for the uh, slip activity. And then on the other hand, so on the right-hand side, we basically have our existing application that provides that service or that provides that activity. So this would be, in this case, uh, the camera application here. So when a match is found, the system starts the matching activity uh, and invokes uh, by invoking its onCreate method and passing the intent. So the intent that we've created here is passed over and it can actually be accessed here. And then also you can look for these additional properties that you send over um, to, this, um, to this different um, activity here. And then you can basically um, handle this. And what will happen is in your navigation stack, um, this activity will be put on top of your current navigation stack, so which is basically display the camera. I can then like press the camera button and then you can decide that data that is basically generated here, like the camera image, then is basically sent back to your application. So that view is basically uh, pulled from your navigation stack, and what is left then basically is the state where you, um, where you were left here. Okay. Um, 
So an activity, to, to sum that up, is basically a single screen of your application's user interface. And activities publish, uh, publish their capabilities using an intent filter. So, and that is basically um, the thing um, or the name that you basically uh, agree on for providing the service to other applications. And it is started when it receives uh, an activity is started and then shown to the user uh, when it receives an intent. And with that comes an action and a data um, uniform resource identifier. So um, here we have another uh, graphical overview um, showing basically the navigation stack. So if a new activity is started, then the old one is paused and goes on a back stack. Uh, because that's similar what you know from, from also from iOS, how you navigate through an application. It's basically you navigate through a stack of views. Yeah? So, and in this case, the um, view of the camera image is basically put on top of your application. So here is an example. Uh, we have our um, current activity one, and then we request for another activity, and that is just put on top. Maybe there's a third activity, and then when this one is uh, finished, we basically remove it from the stack, and then we have basically our um, second act activity as the previous step that was put on the stack. Um, so this makes Android actually extremely flexible and ex activities can be instantiated multiple times even from, from other tasks. Um, and um, what you can also do is you can um, provide an entire existing navigation stack. So not just a single activity, but already a stack of different activities and put them in total on top of your existing application. So for example, um, there's more than to just presenting the camera view. Maybe it's, um, it consists of, you first have to select uh, whether you want to take the front or the rear camera. Then uh, you have to select um, basically um, or maybe something before, if you want to actually take a picture or if you want to take a picture that's already on your device. And it could be the first screen. And then the second screen is basically, um, well, if you go for picture on the device, then basically show the, uh, the photo browser list. If you go for uh, taking camera picture, show the view controller that allows to take a camera picture. And you can prepare this stack completely and put that on top of your existing navigation stack. So it's not just like one uh, one view controller or one activity that's basically there. Um, so an intent can also then be used to um, start a service and that basically is a long, a long running operation in the background that does not provide a user interface. Um, so and this is basically similar to what we've seen in the iOS um, multitasking um, overview so it can be for example playing music in the background. Yeah. There's no user interface visible to the user, but it's something that needs to be executed in the background um, for a longer time. Um, this is kept alive by the system, even if the starting activity has finished executing. Um, and um, you can bind yourself to the service and then um, use that service and control it. For example, um, the, music, the music service basically provides you with a uh, play, pause, restart option, for example. Um, the next thing is delivering or receiving a broadcast, and that is basically similar to 
notifications, but this is not like notifications to the user, like, hey, you received a new message. It's basically app-to-app -app notifications. Um, so a message, it's basically a message that any app can receive. And um, this can be used for system events, basically a single point in time that something happens. For example, the screen has been turned off, device starts charging, a picture was captured, and stuff like this. And you want to get notified about this and then react to this, for example. Um, let's say a picture was captured, and in your application you want to provide a special sound for taking the picture. I don't know. Uh, then you could basically hook into the service, wait for the notification, and when that notification is received, you play back your different um, sound. Um, so you can receive basically broadcast, but you can also deliver broadcasts to other applications. Um, and um, broadcast receivers, they do not use, uh, they do not display a user interface because it's just basically a message. What else do we have in Android? So we have content providers. Um, that is typically used for sharing data across different applications. Like in, in iOS, there is no, like, no real file system that you know from the desktop, like no real open file system. Typically, an application lives within its old file system, um, but uh, you still need from time to time to share data across different applications. Uh, a content provider is actually independent of how data is actually stored. So you can basically say, well, store an image or store a video file, uh, store a, um, a song, for example, and um, the framework will basically take care of this. Um, it is typically the only way to share data between packages. What you can also do, for example, is you could exploit a download folder, for example. So I think on Android there is a download folder. Um, yeah, you can download stuff and then you can basically read and write to that download folder, but that's of course not the recommended way of sharing data across applications. Um, so as I said, there are building providers for audio, video, and images, uh, contact information, for example, so you don't need to deal with the data format that is needed to store this information. Um, something more on the application lifecycle, but this is pretty much the same as we've seen this on, um, on iOS. Um, so applications do not control the lifecycle by themselves, but it's the operating system that does it. And um, these different phases are put into a hierarchy. Um, so um, something, for example, an, an, an empty process, um, for example, or a background process has a lower priority than a foreground process, for example. Well, that's because the foreground process that is an active one that the user is currently interacting with, if that would just be pulled off, um, the user would be very surprised, of course. Um, so let's quickly go through these here. Uh, so we have foreground processes. So this is a current activity. So something that is currently, for example, visible to the user um, can also be a service or uh, a broadcast callback. Um, but typically, it's a view that the user sees and can interact with. Then a visible process is a running activity um, that is basically running behind your foreground process. You can think about it, for example, you have a modal dialog, let's say um, selecting a Wi-Fi network because connection has been dropped, then you still display the visual information of the application in the background. Um, so um, then um, 
your application basically becomes a visual pro uh, process, whereas the selection of the different Wi-Fi networks becomes your foreground process. But still, your application needs to be visible. Um, then we have um, service processes. That's basically um, doing things that the user cares about, such as um, background MP3 playback or something like this. Um, and then we have background processes. This is basically when an activity has been stopped and is not currently visible anymore. And then um, it is basically holding um, an activity. Um, it's, it's still in the memory, but there's no direct impact on the user experience. And then an empty process is basically uh, one that doesn't uh, hold any active application components. Um, that's also just for uh, stuff that has to be or needs to be cached for a faster um, startup. Okay, that finishes up basically Android. If you want to know more about it, um, yeah, visit the developer page. But I think um, for um, communicating what are the differences between Android and iOS, that's pretty much everything that you need to know. So it basically uses this idea of having different view controllers or activities that I can access or service from across applications. I could even write an application in Android that just uses existing activities from other applications and just combine them uh, in a new line, uh, like um, Automator does, for example, on, on OS X. Yeah. Take a picture, do something with it, send it as an email, for example. Yeah. I can just combine these different activities and then I have a complete new app consisting of existing view controllers. This content was provided by RWTH, Aachen University.